Hello there and welcome to the Europeans Football Show. This week, our episode, we are taking a trip over to Switzerland to look at the Super League, where you will find just 10 teams in this division, where first we'll get qualification for the Champions League, second we'll get qualification for the Europa Conference League. Um, Marcus, good morning. Good morning, morning. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. How are you? Yeah, very well, very well. Love Switzerland, actually. Yeah. Very underrated, very underrated team, team, country. But we've got some very underrated teams in there. Yeah. I think, I think as, as a country, I don't think enough of their teams play Europe, like European football. I suppose it can only be because there's just the 10 yeah. in the division. I, I don't know why that's the case. There's obviously a few, there's a few countries, isn't there, who are like that, don't have many many teams in their top division but the standard of certainly four or five of them at the top there is, is pretty decent from what I've seen hey, absolutely I well I watched a I think I watched seventh play fifth and it was an incredible game and it yeah. wasn't just it wasn't just end to end it was like class game like they, both teams played a really nice style of football yeah and not to give anything away so don't name any names here but they're it, it can be quite a good conveyor belt in particular if, if you're a Basel because uh, uh, I'll, I'll mention a few in, in the trivia in a little bit about the the players that have come out of this league to go for reasonably big money moves. Um, so definitely there's a couple of teams in here which you could use as a, a stepping stone from Europeans conveyor belt. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've got around... Well, I've, I could have picked around three players in the team in the game in, for, from Servette from Grasshopper. Who there's one guy who is class. In in the words of our of our late co-host, he's not dead. He's just gone. <laughs> uh, he's the next Iniesta. Iniesta. The next in Hey, mate. The next Iniesta. You can't say I that. Just want, that's an exaggeration. He's playing. I mean, he's playing for a fifth place fifth place team in the Swiss League. But he's very good. I was yeah. like 21. So okay. in my eyes, the next in the S. Also, I've had a very, well, I say a very good week of fantasy football as well. Have you? Mm. I, I'm really pleased for you. Have you not? If, well, do you want me to be honest? I thought that you mentioned that there was no games over the weekend and I've not checked my, I've not checked my results just yet. The games last weekend, mate. That was international break. Yeah. This weekend, no international break. So our uh, fantasy league has rolled over. Yes. If you want it to. If not, I'll take the points and run with it. Well, I maybe have to see how many I got first and then let you know. Hey, don't you worry. If you want, I've got an incredible story. Well, around. please. Uh, I've got an incredible nugget of knowledge for you. So as we go into our trivia... Listen to this. And in the meantime, okay. listeners, sit back, strap in, make yourself a cup of tea. Jack, actually prepare for this podcast. Yeah. I'm hoping I can drag this story out long enough that it will... Uh, Won't take me no time. Long enough. So, Swiss football is just one interesting fact. They are the only team ever to be knocked out of a World Cup without conceding a single goal. I feel like I knew that, you know. Yeah, so in it was in 2006 to be fair. Um, drew two, drew nil nil to France. Beat Togo, beat South Korea. You'd take those. 
and then the boring 0-0 draw to Ukraine in the round of 16 before losing, imagine this, 3-0 on penalties by some uncomposed penalty takers. Yeah. Made them the only team to ever be knocked out of the World Cup without conceding a goal. First, first lovely little fact for you that you can take to any pub quiz that you want. Yeah, well done. Next one. Um, in, the inter, in the interwar years, Switzerland are actually ranked the highest they've ever been in world football. I think they came at third. They're one of the strongest teams reaching the quarterfinals of the World Cups. That took, winning quarterfinals of the World Cups, so winning, getting through to the quarterfinals of uh, consecutive World Cups and winning silver in the Olympic Games all in the space of three years. Then they fell off a cliff a little bit. And the only other time they got to a quarterfinal was when they blew a 3-0, imagine this, a 3-0 lead to Austria. This was in the 56 World Cup. Blew a 3-0 lead to Austria. Want to have a guess at how much they lost by in the end? No, go on. They lost 7-5. Seven, 7? I mean... They lost 7-5. Okay. They were 3-0 up. And I would love to see the game. They crumbled. Uh, <laughs> but it's, it still remains the highest scoring World Cup finals history. Well, Next yeah. bit of knowledge for you. <laughs> Not surprised. Yes. No, that's two very fascinating things about Swiss football. Now, this next thing, this this is the person who is responsible. He was the founder of founder of Zurich as a football club. Not the right. place. Founder of Zurich as a football club. Um established a level of established a level of quality within Switzerland. Mm has also founded one of the most famous clubs in the world. So his name is Jon Gamper. I think I pronounced that right. In, in that part of the world, you pronounce your J's as yeah. But if you want, Joan Gamper. Okay. Mm-hmm. When he was 22, Joan or Jon, he went to visit his uncle in Catalonia, where he fell in love with football over there. Post When he, when he was over there, he posted an advert in the local newspaper asking if anyone would be interested in joining a football team, and if they were, where they could meet. 11 players showed up. What do we think that football team is now? A team in Catalonia. See Barcelona. It is Barcelona indeed. And then when he started, he went, he was he was club captain, believe it or not, basically found club, scored 120 goals in 51 matches for Barcelona. <laughs> there's, your, there's your record. And was club band, as I said, was club captain. And then he served five terms as president thereafter. Wow. Legacy continues to this day um, as the training ground and the academy is named after him. I think that was, obviously, you've got, they've got a couple of training grounds now because I know you've got the um, Johan Cruyff training ground. Or is that the Barca V Stadium? You're not sure, you know. It's, it's either a training, I think the Johan Cruyff Stadium is the Barca V Stadium, actually. Um, but the training ground and the academy is named after him. And he had that much of an impact that the red and blue colours were actually given were actually given to him because of his home club, Basel. Well, I never knew that. There you go. And Barcelona's most prestigious pre-season cup is named the Jon Gamper Trophy. And you are correct when you say that it's the Barca B Stadium is the uh, Stadio Jan yeah. Cruyff. Yeah, I thought so. But yeah, the, the training ground in the academy, or parts, I know, isn't the academy... Is that La Masia? I don't know. Yeah, it's La Masia. Yeah, it's essentially Cruyff's blueprint. Yeah, but they've one of the, their academy at some point is called Gamper's Gamper's Academy, I guess. No idea. I'm sure this, they, I'm sure they've added a Spanish twist to it. Yeah, that's cool. Tell them nugget of knowledge for you, mate. I had no idea about that. Come with the goods. Come with the goods. I've just looked at uh, 
yeah, I mean, I've just looked him up online and, uh, yeah, what an interesting, interesting looking bloke. He actually died quite young, 23, mm. 50, 53. Yeah, mate, great, great story. I was actually shocked. I thought Barcelona would have a, I'd say, I want to say a more exciting story. I think that's quite an exciting story, but I think that. No, I think, that, and then he went on when he went. He ended after his five terms as club president. He also went back to Zurich and set up and set up Zurich basically. And then he also had a hand in building up the legacy of what I said the legacy, building up the standard of what Swiss football is. At, at fifty three, he committed suicide after a period of depression brought on by personal wow. money problems. Wow! Thank you for bringing that up. Now, how about we lift the mood with some trivia? <laughs> And he died. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, he founded Barcelona, so thank you. And he Gamper. Nice. Cheers yeah. for that. Hey, yeah, please, please, can you bring on? I hope you've got some trivia about people who are still alive. Yes, I do. And I'm, I've got 10 questions for you uh, this morning. Uh, and I've mixed up a little bit of what we tend to do and brought it all into one. So question number one is, um, I'm just going to ask you this one question, no options here. Which team do you think has won the most titles in Switzerland? Most team that has won the most. Okay, so you're looking at, you've got your Basels, who are obviously quite an established club. You've got Young Boys. You've got Zurich. You've got Savet. You've got Grasshopper. I'm going to go with Basel. Basel are second. Basel have 23 titles, but Grasshopper... Really, have, have twenty six. A lot of them are a long time ago. The Swiss Super League's been going for yeah, you know, over a that's century. a very established league. Up the grasshopper. Yeah, the, do you know what? It's it shared out quite nicely. Actually, it's not you know we we've done a couple of leagues recently, haven't we? Where it's dominated by just a couple, but it's very much shared out. Even you know the team that have maybe in fourth or fifth place has got ten plus. Yeah, so, that's good, mate. Uh, mate. I I actually I, I couldn't I can't believe how underrated Swiss football is. Like yeah. even well, I watched Grasshopper, I watched Savet, and they were they were class. Like they, they weren't just those those teams that would just just work they, where they lacked in ability. They would just try and work really hard. Well, yeah, I mean, young boys are currently playing in the Champions League, aren't they? And am I right mm. saying they beat United early doors in this? Is there in that group? Correct. Yes, that is correct. And uh, they won. Young boys. I don't know if you know this. Young boys won the league by thirty-one points last year. Wow. It was a ridiculous campaign, which saw them just have two defeats and just obliterated everyone. Now, start of this season, we're 12, 13, 14 games in, and it is very, very tight. There's four or five that are very you know, much in a pack together at the moment. So it's considerably more uh, competitive. But yeah, young boys absolutely blew them out of the water. Uh, well, well done, you got that wrong. Question number two. Thanks. So moving on, these next four questions are going to be about people that have um, been transferred out of the Swiss Super League. Interestingly, they're all at Basel. So in 2016-17, a player moved from Basel to Schalke for 23.85 million, which is the record from a Swiss team. Basel to Schalke transfers. Mm. Okay. I think this I'm gonna say testimony. Can you give me a year? I did. 
2016-17. Uh, uh, I want to say this guy, he, he had a bad injury um, shortly after he arrived and oh, maybe even an ACL, but it's a quick forward who, um, you know, everyone was raving about him at 17, 18 years of age. Yeah. Yeah, I... I can picture him. Oh, is he a winger? Yeah, like, I, I he still plays now, doesn't he? Oh yeah, mate. He's only he is. He, I don't know his first now. Yeah, yeah. I don't know his first name, but it is it Mbolo. It's real Donald Mbolo. Yeah, I didn't know his first name, but yeah, Mbolo. I remember Mbolo. When England, I think England played Switzerland competitively, and they did this massive thing on him. But I just think he's what he's. I I probably haven't watched him enough. Harsh of you to say. But a bit of a speedboat without a driver, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I would yeah. say that it was harsh. Only only a couple of weeks ago, got got a brace against Bayern Munich when Mönchengladbach beat them five 0 Yeah, um, yeah. But currently, he's well, just recently got injured. I can, but I still yeah, I can see him as being one of those transfers to if he if he did end up, for example, in the Premier League. I can see him being one of those transfers where he would do his best to try and make an impression. I mean, this is just so hypothetical. It's probably so harsh for me to say, but where he gets into the Premier League and he works really hard, but not much going for him. Personally. Yeah, I mean, his goal record is just it's it's average. It's average yeah. at best. But uh, yeah, twenty three point eight five million. Now, question number three. The next one is from Basel to Dortmund in twenty seventeen eighteen, and this was nineteen point three million. Basel to Dortmund. Yeah, and this is a Swiss player as well. Okay. Basel to Dortmund. Mm. Swiss players from Basel to Dortmund. Um, ah, it's is he a centre back? He is, Marcus. Is it a Kanji? Well played, Manuel yeah. Kanji. Good answer, that. Yes. So I. Only know of him because a bit of FIFA bandit, or used to be. Um, and he was a always a good young player to sign, basically. Yeah, yeah, any yeah. career mode, good young player to sign. Yeah, Switzerland have got good 11 on paper, really. Just sort of looking at it. Yeah, Kanji is very much sort of uh, him and Shah, and there's and, and Babu's in there. Um, I mean, Rodriguez at left back has been one of the most. I mean, yeah, he's he's he still no, he's at Torino now. Obviously, Zakari's in midfield. Shakiri's still around. It's they they got a lot of good players there. Uh, well done, that's a good answer. Next question from Basel to Southampton in 2018-19 for 16.2 million. Swiss players going to Southampton. Not Swiss player. Swiss, not a Swiss player. No. Swiss player. Okay. Not Swiss. That does not help me in any way. Uh, but a player that Southampton signed from Basel. 16 million three years ago. From Basel three years ago. Does he have a position? Because otherwise he's he's, he's a wide man. A wide man. Um is it Gineppo? No, good effort. I'm trying to think of wide players. Um, if you got you've got Redmond, Gineppo. They do definitely play with more wingers. Uh is he still there? Yep. He had a loan spell last year. He's come back and got back in the team. Where'd he go on loan to? Celtic. Oh, um, El Yunusi. Yeah, El Yunusi. 16.2 million from Barcelona. Really? Yeah. He was signed as a wonder kid. 
if someone asked me who did Southampton sign so Alunusi from, I would not have got Barcelona. No, no. Celtic was a big giveaway there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I can't even give you that. Uh, now, moving on, this is now going to a few players that are Swiss and have played in the Premier League. I'll give you the clubs that they played for and the era. So, question number six. This player is Swiss and played for Arsenal, Everton, Fulham and Villa from 2004 to 2015. Arsenal, Everton, who else? Villa. And Fulham. It, most, most of his career was spent at Arsenal and Fulham. Most of his career was spent at Arsenal and Fulham. Uh, does he have a position? He's a defender of sorts. Defender of sorts? I'm not going to tell you whereabouts. Ah, so. uh, what's his name? Um... It's Philip Senderos. Philip Senderos is absolutely yes. Philip Senderos. Well done. I've got better. Yeah, yeah. You're having an alright day this morning. Yeah. Next one is something that you should get before anyone listening. Uh, 2015 to 16, Leicester. That is... Leicester fan. Leicester. Big Leicester fan. Big Leicester fan. The biggest, some say. I wonder if a listener's already got it. Oh, look at him. God, it's the pressure. You shouldn't have put that on me. You should. I mean, you shouldn't have put that on me. Leicester... Uh, Swiss midfielder from 1560. Yeah, uh, it is Gokan Inla. It is Gokan Inla. Well yeah. done. And well done if you got that before. Leicester's biggest fan there. <laughs> Question number I feel eight. like you're saying that sarcastically. Question number eight is someone who you might claim is a little bit before your time. I don't think he was really, considering he was still playing in the Premier League in 2007. Blackburn, Liverpool, and Wigan. From 1997 to 2007, finished his career at Wigan in 2007. That's even before the glory Roberto Martinez days. He he was he was very good. I, I was a big fan of this this player. He made he had a great partnership with another player at Liverpool, and uh, I thought they were great. Yeah, I am going to have to potentially pass on that one. It, my clue to you is he was a defensive partner of Sammy Huppier. Defensive partner of Sammy Huppier. Uh, mm. Is that... So, good defensive partner of Sammy Huppier, good centre-arse at Liverpool, a bit before my time, Premier League years that come to me. <laughs> that is... Not coming, is it? Is he got? I feel like there's been a guy there. He, he's not. It does. His name doesn't sound Swiss, but is he Swiss? Uh, his name doesn't sound Swiss. I can't say his name doesn't sound Swiss. Okay, because I'm thinking it could be completely wrong. This guy might have been a midfielder. It's like it ends with Z. It's like it does end with Z. This name. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Hazos. No, I'll give you. Hen- I'll give you one one tenth of a point there. Hensos. Stefan Honcho. Stefan Honcho. Ah, oh, 
<laughs> Didn't even pronounce that right. You can... No, correct. You, that is. Uh, you would maybe one fifth. You were trying to. I'll give you. I'll give you. Yeah, point two of a point. Henzo. 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 Yeah, no, that's that's the probably the best I can muster. Well, you you found the play, just couldn't say it. Question number nine: West Ham and Watford from two thousand and eight to two thousand and fifteen. West Ham and Watford. I reckon it's even more Watford. Seems like that sort of. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Um, more at Watford. Was it West Ham? Is that fairly distinctive look? Yeah, he actually had more respect. appearances for West Ham. Same. In what period, respect? Same period. For his bleach blonde hair. Oh, is it? Um, yeah, I know. Is it uh, Barami? Yeah, Valon Barami. Yeah. And, um, that helped you out there. Uh, Yeah, bleach blonde hair was the the giveaway that one. Yeah, very good. Uh, And finally, Marcus, to the nearest 10, how many caps does Jordan Shakiri have? 30 years of age, Shakiri. 30 years of age. Um, How much does Switzerland play? Probably got you got about four friendlies a year, a couple of qualifiers. Probably been in because his career, his, his career. Not hasn't gone downhill, but there's that famous saying with Shakira, isn't it? That he started at Barcelona and just not Barcelona, it's Bayern Munich, and it's just kind of worked his way down to Stoke and then ended up at Liverpool. Mm. Um, but either way, he's going to be in if you started at Bayern Munich, you're going to be in and around it, aren't you? He actually, he actually started at Basel, in um, oh, yeah, yeah, and he he was about the fifth highest on the transfer record. Bayern got him for about 13 mil. We'll so it's still, I think then, if, if he's been well-known at Basel, he's going to be in around it. I'm going to say he's made just shy of 100. Go to the nearest 10. To the nearest to the nearest 10. All right. Uh, let's say 90, 98. So to the nearest 10, that would be 100. 100, got them. To the nearest 10, 100. The answer is dead on 100. Is it? Yeah. Yes. I am so clever. (laughs) Wow. You say you're so clever. I said to the nearest 10 and you said 98. Well, I mean, mean, sorry about that. You could have been more specific. You could have said it was was within within that bracket. I don't don't mind being two out. No, it's a a great effort. Hey, what fault are you making? To be fair, for Switzerland as well, he is their danger man. Yeah. He's, like, he's scored some incredible goals. Remember World Cup 2018? He scored that overhead kick, which is just outrageous. I think it was from outside the box. He didn't get a hat-trick in the World Cup once, did he? Could have done. I feel like he did, you know. 2018, he had a good World Cup. He came off that World Cup looking real good, 2018. But I'm sure he's had one before as well. Mm. So he scored the best overhead kick I've ever seen. Yeah, he's he is a good player, Shaq and me. He is a very good player, but currently at Leon. Yeah. Is he getting game time? Played seven times this year. So yeah, Basel, Bayern Munich, Inter Milan, Stoke, Liverpool, Leon. It's just crazy. Not to know how many players have gone from Inter Milan to Stoke. Yeah, or have played for both. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, well, that's no. not, the, not the worst effort ever, Mark. No, that's really. not the worst quiz I've ever done. To be fair, I've had no. I've had some bad ones. Usually, when you throw United teams and United facts in there, and then all the United fans get a lot of. Meh. 
They by actually boys as well. Quite by high the way, just just thought Inter and Stoke players Marco and Alvich has played for both. Yeah. All right. Well done. And uh, and I tell you who else has played for both from two loan spells. Victor Moses. Good shout. So, some some nuggets for you. Good shout. Hey, next week I'm going to test you on some trivia. That'd be good. All the fans have have got fed up of listening to me umming and ahhing about pretty much everything. Yeah, I look forward to that wherever we may be. Yeah. Hey, tell me about the game you watched this week, mate. Okay, I'll tell you about my game. Uh, I watched Basel. And uh, Basel are a 4-2-3-1. They have the best defence in the division, which I guess you can ex- you expect them to be one of the best anyway. They have the second highest possession as well. So it looks quite good statistically. Basel currently playing in the uh, Conference League. I want to say they're in Spurs' group. Uh, I think they might be. Yeah. I, either way, there's a couple of players... One that I'm going to focus on, but uh, as, as you mentioned before we started recording, the current top scorer of the div- of the division is uh, Arthur Cabral. And he's currently yeah. miles clear. There's only been 12 league, uh, 13 league games for Basel and, and Arthur has got 17 goal contributions and he's 23. So really... I should be looking at him. And I've noticed that he has actually been on the bench for uh, Brazil, the Brazil's national team recently. And his goal record this year is not something new. He's been doing it for a couple of years now. So keep an eye out for him. But the guy that really impressed me was the centre-half, Andy Palmard. And they have had him on loan with the option to buy from Nice in France. And... They've triggered that option. So in the next transfer window, 3.6 million, uh, Andy Palmar becomes a Basel player. Now, he he's a centre-half who can play across the whole back four. And the reason why is because he is as two-footed as it gets. You know, when I was watching his clips, it took me a long time to come up with an answer of what I thought was his dominant foot. He plays left side of the centre-half pairing in the 4-2-3-1. Um, but you can see clips of him at right-back playing on his right. You can see clips of him playing left-back on his left. He's it's, it's a really, really handy trait to have, isn't it? If you think about the modern game now, how so many players uh, or coaches, sorry, may prefer to work with a smaller squad with versatile players who can play two, three different positions. Palmard is certainly one of those. Um, always been my... Always been my uh... Ironically, my Achilles heel. Um, the fact that I've my left foot is the people say when their left foot's bad, it's just for standing on. I can barely stand on it. It is yeah. non-existent. Mm. It's, it's a joke. One thing I wish as is, a, I improved on. Yeah, there's no need for it though, is there? It's just a case of mirroring the action. Just whatever you do when you kick with your right foot, try and mirror it on the left. There's no re- one foot shouldn't be. It should, you know, it shouldn't have to be a dominant foot and a weaker foot. You know, no, well, tell my tell my right and left foot that because yeah. right foot, oh, I'd love to say that's good. Right foot is better than my left foot. You can kick with your right, and you can just about stand on your left. Yeah, well, listen, Andy yeah. Palmard is um, is really impressive. He's currently in the France under twenty one setup, and has got two caps recently. He's kind of been working his way up the age groups, and when you look at 
when you look at the France and the 21 setup as a whole, just the squad that they can, we always say that England have got great under 21 squad on paper. I think France is normally top that, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and he's, he's currently uh, trying to compete with Badia Chile and um, William Saliba. So those centre half places in the under 21s, just to give you a bit of a comparison. Well, I mean, if he, if he does get in there and then he's got some, he's got a hell of a competition to, Get into the senior team, I think almost I'd, I'd go as far as saying France going through their golden era of centre halves at the yeah. moment. They've got incredible world class centre halves coming out of their ears. Well, I've noticed that Palmard's mum is Madagascan, so if it doesn't work out, he could always go over there. <laughs> I'm sure he'd love that. They <laughs> play with King Julian and Palmer <laughs> the Giraffe. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, listen. He's five foot ten, and you know he plays centre half a lot of the time, which is interesting. You know, generally, you would say on average a centre half is probably best part of six two. And I wouldn't say I was thinking earlier about centre halves across maybe Europe's big leagues that might be sub six foot. Uh, and obviously, Daily Blind, if and when he plays centre half, is one of them. One of my favourite players. Another one of my favourite players, Nathan Ake. Surprisingly, is no bigger than I am. I've met him quite a few times, and he's he's five eleven. Nathan Ake. I think obviously the the dreadlocks and the long hair make it look as if he's maybe six one. But I mean, he's a hell of a build as well. Like, he's a broad guy. Like you can't be a Premier League centre half and not be quite a physically well built person, can you? Doubt Daily Blind that. Boys are jokes, blokes a joke. I love him. I couldn't get my words out there. I'm so excited to rave about Daily Blind. Uh, yeah, listen, Andy Palmard is not built as big as someone like Ake. He's not as he's not as broad. You're right, Ake is broad. He's he's got a really good size. But what Palmard does have is blistering pace in order to recover from any situation, but carry the ball out from the back because he's so two footed. He can play. On any side of the back line, he can play in any direction of the back line. You've seen him take up a left centre half position and then switch it 60 yards with his right. He's done the same with it. He might play a line breaking pass down the line with his left. He gives you all sorts of different options, but you know, he's he's also got trampoline in his shoe. He, he's he's five foot ten, but it doesn't take away his aerial jewels. He's still very strong in, in that department. I'm surprised, I'm surprised that Nice have let him go to be honest with you or, or just put something in the clause where they could buy it and for something which is 3.6 mil for someone who is a French under 21 international that's a strange business from from Nice if you ask me I don't know if there's a buyback clause obviously looking at Nice they have uh, it's tough to pronounce Daniliewicz uh, who's 20, who's playing in there. And they also have Jean-Claire Tadebo, uh, who's 21. So maybe they've just looked at it and thought, we've got two very good young centre-halves of our own. Let's take a risk on this one and let him go. I'm sure they'll have a good sell-on clause with him. But as you've seen, you know, in particular from Basel, the European countries take a very keen interest in Basel. Uh, and if, if you're going to be playing, you know, I mean, he's already got four or five appearances in the Europa Conference League this year. So the level he's playing at right now is, is really high. Um, and I really like him. I think his, 
his ceiling his ceiling's really high where he's where I can see him long term maybe honestly it's it's anywhere it, he's just so versatile his attributes lend him to be so versatile um you know no problem playing him left back in a four right side of a three or maybe even left wing back in a five I think he can do it because of his attributes allow it yeah no he sounds yeah I'm just I'm naturally jealous of players who can kick with either foot but no, he sounds like an absolute utility player. And I'm just looking at Nice's team as well. And I don't think... Now, they've got a, they've got a good squad, to be fair. You've got players like Casper Dolberg, uh, Lillian Turam's son. Um, <laughs> got, who's, who's, Kelvin Stings. Yeah, probably have Justin to get Justin Yeah, well, he's on the bench. But he and, was on the bench. Mario Lamina. And obviously, the um, the other one, I mentioned the two young centre-arts currently out with injuries, Dante. All suspension, sorry. Yeah, there's a bit of experience for you as well, isn't it? Thirty-eight, Dante he plays every game. He's been, he's been, been everywhere, hasn't he? Um, no, he sounds like a good player. Have you got any? How much is he worth? Well, it's one of those where he's he's obviously been triggered at three point six mil, and that's exactly what his transfer mark value is now. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Very, very recently triggered. Okay. Fair enough. Well, I have got someone with. Someone who plays a bit higher at the pitch. Now, I was looking for players in... When I was just looking for players who have... When you sit down and you do your do your research, right, who is going to be the next best next best under 23 in the in this league? Um, you kind of think, where do you start? You go through all the team. You generally like to look at the teams at the top of the league when you are looking at this. So you'll, you'll find players like you've got Nera and Cabral. Um, then you get to young boys. And I think I said to you before we started recording... Young boys are ironically old boys. <laughs> so they've got, I think, only one player under the age of twenty, under the age of twenty-three under. Yeah. Um, so then I moved further down the table, and boy, am I happy I did that. So I found a player, and I thought, all right, attacking midfielder, and I thought, right, I talk about attacking midfielders, if not every every pod, if not every other pod. Okay, but I thought, you know what, I'll just look at him. I kind of wanted to move away and maybe broaden my horizon slightly, but I found a, he, he, he is an attacking midfielder, but plays amazingly in the eight. So you'll find, you'll find a few clips of him playing in a 10 because they play a four, two, three, one. Um, but he plays as like, not as a holder because it transitions into one pivot where they've got real deep, deep line midfielder. And then he gives him license to move a bit further up the pitch. They don't, they don't, it doesn't turn into that double pivot. Sounds very T elements. Yes. Oh, uh, very good, very good, uh, yeah, very good comparison there. Um, it's to give you a picture. Um, but he's been, he's been, his name is Castrio Imeri. He's 20, he's only, this guy's only 21 years old. I can't believe it. Morgzi plays with the maturity, but also older looking guy um, for a 21 year old. Um, he's been, he's been part of the Swiss setup for, since under 16 and has, and has played, and he's played from every age group from under 16 to, to actually making one appearance for the national team. Nice as well at 21. And bearing in mind, in that team, you are competing with some very good up and coming players like Dennis Sicaria. Mm-hmm. He's that guy is is probably the one of the hottest names linked with most clubs at the moment. Yeah. Um. But he's, he's managing to do his best to break into that setup, rated very highly by the uh, Swiss international setup as well. But just a bit about and just to give you a good picture of him, um, plays as plays as a as it's it set up as a four two three one on defence. So he's but he does play. Does play it does prefer to play as an eight. Um, but that gives you a good idea about how good he is defensively. 
Um, you do get those. Me comparing to Iniesta at the start, it was more just a more just to get just to get everything going. But I would say Tillemans is actually probably a better comparison. So I would say he's very he's a, probably a bit better than someone like Iniesta in the tackle. Um, and he does work hard, very defend. Uh, does work very hard defensively. But going forward, he is absolutely everything you want in an eight. I mean, give me a list, Jack, of things you'd want in an eight, and I'll tell you things that he doesn't have. Well, good in possession, able to attack the box with late runs would be the big two, really. Be able to create as well as keep the ball. Yeah, his goal came from a third man run, by the way. If mm. I call it, um, came from a late run in the box. Just receives the ball on the back foot every. So you could like, obviously, every player who's plays professionally has been coached. I'm not going to say they haven't, but you can tell this guy has been like he's comes from when he was a kid. He's, he's very good. Like his, his habits that he's got, he's receiving the ball on the back foot all the time. Looks so comfortable in possession. Um, Dick, he's one of dictates plays. One of those players that he's not necessarily big. He's probably he's just like he's probably like five eight. It's not big at all, yeah. uh, but somehow is always on the ball across that. He's always that, I suppose, in that middle, in that in that second third of the pitch or in the middle of the pitch. He somehow is always in and amongst it, whether it's in a tackle, whether it's receiving the ball. He's just somehow always there. And when he does get it, his first thought is, now Grasshopper played a fantastic style of football and by fantastic possession. So, Maybe if you aren't into that, maybe not fantastic, but they had a lot of the ball. Mm. So they so actually played and they had to get the ball. Um, they had to do their best to go forward with it. And the game finished 3-2 to Svet with Castro and Mary getting a goal, as I say, getting a late, do it with a late man run. Um, but he's just, this guy is silky, I would say, going forward. Always looking to break lines. When he does get it, he's not just looking to He's not looking to mirror the style of the play that Grasshopper had. He gets it, he turns. He's always looking to impact the game, which is superb from an eight. I've known many midfielders to, and there are some midfielders who have made a name for themselves, especially in that eight position, just to get it and play sideways, get it and not necessarily attack the game or go for the game. Um, but yeah, absolutely superb. He's only ever been at, he was at Mayrin and then went to Savet. He's been there since 2013. So he's been there as a kid, basically. Mm. He's 21 now. That would have been eight years ago. So, yeah, he's, I mean, he's been there as a boy, basically. So he's been brought up on the style of football. You can see so that's that certainly tells. I don't think he's actually been on the bench once. And he's made 67 appearances since 2017. So since he was since he was 17, I guess. Um, but no, absolutely superb player. If you're looking on transfer marked, your value for him is going to be around 4 million. And he's not, he hasn't been linked with, with anyone, strangely. Usually when you are, he's 21 and he's been, he's been playing since he's, he's been making professional appearances since he was 17. Mm. You're thinking there's going to be some rumours around this guy, but unfortunately, can't find any at the moment. But he is, um, I think he's third highest goal scorer after 13 games. He's got around four this season. So he's he's getting he's getting noticed. I'd like to think he's getting noticed. You'd like Definitely. to You'd like to think he's on he's on someone's radar, but absolutely superb. Um, maybe if he went to a Premier League or a top flight club, your you, you be you, your challenge is going to be can he keep up physically? Um, because he is five eight and he's not necessarily a broad player, but he is 
he's, he's silky and he is good in the tackle. So it'd be interesting. But the, the style of play that Swiss that the Switzerland play is very new age. There's not much harsh tackling. There's not much um host, there's just not much physicality compared to the bigger leagues. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, do you know what's interesting? A bit of a side note there, where you say he's got into good habits, he's been coached well, receives on the back foot, looking, blah, blah, blah. I think that's the biggest difference between a professional footballer and someone like both of us in in the non-league when when you know we could play. Um speaking for myself there, I think when you watch I watched a couple of games recently actually in around the, the sort of leagues that we both play or played at. And it's the biggest factor, really. You, you receive the ball with the wrong body shape. You haven't seen what's around you yet. You take your first touch. Then you look up. It's too late. Someone's already hit you hard. But if you had the good habits of an early scan, a good bit of pre-action movement in the right sort of body shape to receive, all of a sudden, you just, you just know already what you're going to do when the ball receives. And the game becomes so much easier. And I think that's the... Because... You'll see goals from Sunday League, you know, floating around Twitter. And we we can all do it occasionally. You know, we can all score great goals, make great passes, great tackles. But the reason why the, the, the boys are at the top of the game is because they see more and, they're, you know, their their body shape's just so much better. Yeah. Is it like you get... You get people who say they play. I know a few players who have played. You go to like Dubai, you play a five side game in Dubai. Odds are you're going to play against an ex, an old professional. Or when you play, oh, like the, when you remember when Masters football was a thing. Yeah, they, that, was ace. that was class. Um, well, you, you always put, I've played against, I've ended up play, playing against players who have, who have played a lot higher. And you always think every time you get near them, you, you are nowhere near them. You think you've got them here and they just turn out. Reason being is for that. It's because they know you're there. They know exactly what they're going to do when they, they're going to get it. And their body shape is in that position. They just don't receive it with the head over the ball back to where they want to go. Mm-hmm. Two, those two seconds to turn around and to go where you want to go, they've made those two seconds, maybe dropped off a bit deeper or they've done something that they've touched it out of their feet. And they've given themselves that time to do something with it. Yeah. It's like, two steps ahead of the game all the time. Yeah, and and yeah, like you said, everyone can make a good pass. Everyone wants they like anyone who's played football can probably see a part. Once they're given enough time, they can see a pass. They can see someone making a run, and occasionally they can strike a ball so well it flies in the top bins. You're right, mm. but I think these guys do it. They give them. They do it on a more regular basis. But they do it on a more regular basis, not because with the players they're playing with. I'm sure that's a factor, but it's because they they can do it more consistently because they give themselves more time to do it. Mm-hmm. And they 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 know they're going to do it before they actually do it. If that makes sense. Yeah. No. You, yeah. You're, de- you're dead right. And uh, yeah, it's just an interesting point there because that that is really the the biggest factor as to why people... difference. So any any up and coming players listen to this, uh, get into good habits. The test pod coaching school one hundred and one. <laughs> yeah. Dead right. We're about to, we're, we're creating the next, not only are we discovering the next players, we're creating the next young players now. Yeah. For all of our under 16 listeners, get out in the garden, back foot receives. Yeah. Scanning movement. Get on it. Seems like a boring, seems like a boring tactic to do, but it will help you no end. Yeah. And we'll see you, we'll absolutely. profile you in a couple of years time. Yeah, absolutely. Right, mate. How, so fantasy football. Yeah. I won't ask you about last week's if you haven't done it. I've done it. Um, oh, you've done it now. Okay, I'll do. I'll do mine. Yep, please so, do. 
so when we went to Turkey, I appreciate that was a couple of couple of episodes ago now, but we did have an international break. As ever, we are so organised. I had for Galatasaray, I had an electric player, Mustafa Mohamed, zero points. <laughs> came off the came off the bench, did nothing. Um, then I had, you know what, second in the league, high to sport. I thought they can't. They're playing. I think they're playing uh, third bottom in the league. Uh, conceded, but one. But I had a centre half. I have Kurachuk. So did I. So one point. Um, then I had Kadioglu for Fernabashe. Um, he got a start and an assist, and it's four points for an assist, I believe. Three for an assist. Three for an assist. Fair enough. So that would have earned him four points. Yeah. So far, I'm on five. Now, a demi spore have an electric player in Akgun. I had him. You had him. Yeah. Yeah, goal and a start. There you go. So, wow. did you have any more than that? So, don't yeah. know if or not. Yeah. Uh, no, no, that's the point. I had six points, right? Yeah, goal and start, so six points. So, so far, I am on 11. And then, Ozcan for Istanbul, Basakshir, uh, one point. He's a centre mid, didn't get, didn't get an assist, uh, didn't get a start. Or, he got a start, but no clean sheet. So, that's one so that puts me on a grand total of 12. Yeah, well, I had Cutlu of Galatasaray got one. Barisha from Fenerbahce got one. Kurachuk, as you said, Haita Spore got one. I had Atgun, who, as you said, got six. Uh, but finally, uh, I had Amur from Trabzon Spore. First name is very hard to pronounce, but I'll give it a go. Abdul Qadir Kamur. Uh, and he got goal, start, midfield, clean sheet. Eight points oh. leaves me on a total of 17. Nice. Come nice. on. I'm not sure what the total scores are. I've completely lost track. I'll find out in a sec. Um, you tell me who you've got for next. You tell me who you've got for next week. I'll tell you who I've got. So from Zurich, the only one who's 23 and under at 23, I've got Adrian Guerrero, who I believe is a left wing back there. Now might be schoolboy era not having Arthur Cabral up front, but I have to I have to stick with Andy Palmard from Basel. I've gone for Mohamed Amora from Lugano, who's a wide man, Fabian Rieda from Young Boys, who is also a wide man wing back, and I've got your boy Castro Mire from Savet. Nice. So it was one eight, it was I was on one seven five, you were one eight one, so there's only six points in it. And there's I've got 11, you've got 17. Once again, there's six points in it again. So I finished on uh, 192 and you were on 198. You almost broke the 200 mark, mate. Hopefully we can both get there next week. Did you say at the start of that, how many points ahead of you was I? Six. I was six ahead of you at the start. Six ahead of me, yeah. So you're on 181. Well, you're on, I was on 175 and you're on 181. Okay, so I was six ahead of you and then I scored five more than you this week. Oh, but I somehow you scored, I thought you scored 17. Yeah. You I scored 12. 11. Okay, okay so, so yeah, the difference between 17 and 11, mate, you will find is six. Yeah, but when you said the total scores, I'd only was only about four ahead. No, you're on 181 and I was on 175. So my 181 six. has become 198. Yes. That is what 181 is plus one that's what 181 plus 17 is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So your score was 175 plus 11, 186. Huh? 
What's your total score now? Because you put yourself on about 192. Well, I'm still six. I don't know how I can not be six behind you. Because you started six behind me and I scored six more than you. Uh-huh. So you're 12 behind me. Balls. Uh, Marcus, you're trying to make me out to look like an idiot here. You're an idiot. You've just... You're an idiot. I, yeah. I mean, the listeners can make their own mind up, but you've just made yourself look like a moron. Hey, the beauty is... The beauty is I am catching up. I'm not even doing that. I'm dropping off. Hey, hear mine. Great. So I've got Castro Emery for Servet. Yeah. Leave my guy out. I've got Cabral from Basel. Yeah. Like we were an idiot for leaving them out. Yeah. I've got Amora for Lugano. Yeah. I've got Sen for Grasshopper. And I've got Ewan for St. Garland. Yeah, it's only two the same. I thought we could add, could end up having three or four there, so I'm quite happy. No, with that. I've got I've not gone for any midfielders or centre centre backs. I've just gone for gone for goals. No doubt that uh, whatever you score, you'll somehow still catch me up. Even though we've all heard you started started six behind, you scored six less, but somehow you're still six behind. Yeah, well, that's just how the cookie crumbles, mate. Yeah, I'm not a mathematician. You've no. put. You put your faith in the wrong hands yeah. dealing we, with the point system. Yeah, when we listen back, I'll have to take it over and do the job properly myself. Yeah, if you want. Hey, don't have a go at me for poor preparation. <laughs> hey, you had to spend this. half of this podcast working out the points. Hey, I enjoyed Switzerland, Marcus. But mate, I think it is such an underrated country for football. Just the style of football. I don't know if it was like the same way you played. The style of football that Grasshopper and Savet played was, you thought they were best friends. Club wise, it was like a trade. It wasn't like it was, wasn't like a training game, but it wasn't like tackle, tackle, tackle. There was so much tactics to it. Mm, yeah, Basel was good as well. Basel, you can see they're doing okay um, in the Conference League. I want to say they're in a, with a shout of, of qualifying through that group. So uh, yeah, very impressive. Let's hope so. I'm I'm going to be a, an avid follower of Swiss football now. Yeah, well done. I I certainly will keep a, a more of a keen eye on Basel. Yeah, absolutely. No, absolutely loved it, mate. Absolutely loved it. Well played. Thanks, Marcus. Hey, thank you.